Welcome to the e-commerce podcast with Matt Edmondson, a show that brings you regular interviews, tips and tools for building your business online. Hi, and welcome to the e-commerce podcast with me, your host, Matt Edmondson. All of this week's notes, links, and transcript can be found at ecommercepodcast.net forward slash 88. Now, technology is often blamed for all of society's problems. It's certainly one of the things that as e-commerce entrepreneurs, we like to blame for our business. But what if the problem wasn't technology? What if the problem is us? Great question. Uh, That is uh, the topic uh, of today's conversation that I'm going to talk to Ian Finch about. Uh, So don't go anywhere. Hey there, are you a business owner? Here at Orion Digital, we know firsthand that running an e-commerce business can be really hard work. As the online space gets more competitive, it is becoming even more challenging to stay ahead of the curve. We totally get it. So we want to help you succeed by offering a wide range of services from fulfillment, marketing, customer service, and even coaching and consulting, just so that you can do what matters most. Save yourself the time and the money and let us handle the day-to-day tasks. This way, you can run your business without having to worry about the boring stuff. So what do you say? Are we a good fit for each other? Come check us out at oriondigital.com and let us know what you think. Thanks for joining us on the e-commerce podcast. It is great that you are here. Now, whether you are just starting out or if, like me, you've been around the world of e-commerce for a while, our goal on this show is simple. It's to help you grow your e-commerce and digital business. And to do that, we have what can only be described as a very simple formula. (laughs) Part of that formula, bring great show sponsors that can help you. Another part of that formula is to bring fantastic guests who are experts in their fields with their own insights, with their own stories, with the principles that they've learned um, that we can use to adapt and grow and build our own online businesses. And today we get to talk to uh, a chap who is actually a very good friend of mine, Mr. Ian Finch. Now, let me tell you about Ian. He is a CEO, CEO of Mando Group. He is a husband. He is a dad. He is also the chair of the British Interactive Media Association for the Northwest of England, which is a national network that drives digital transformation in large scale organizations. Outside of work, He is, well, he's just an all-round top bloke. He's an advocate at the moment of mental health. He is, well, how can I put this? He's an exceptional guitarist. He actually played uh, the guitar at the wedding of of me and Sharon. We've been married a good old while, let me tell you. So uh, that was was over 20 years ago when uh, a young lad called Ian Finch picked up an electric guitar and whistled some amazing tunes on it. So Ian is a lovely bloke, known him, known his family for years. You're going to listen to what Ian's got to say as we dig into this whole topic of technology not being the issue. Maybe the issue is with us. Maybe it's our mindset. And, uh, you know, listen in because he's going to talk to maybe how we can take control of technology rather than letting technology take control of us. Interesting. So here we go. Without further ado, here's my conversation with Ian. So, Mr. Ian Finch, we finally get a chance to record uh, this podcast. Great that you're here. And I, I have to start off by apologizing. It's taken us, what, eight seasons to get you on the show so i realize it's not an opinion or maybe it is but it's good to be here good to see you yeah no it's great that we're doing this actually uh he's an absolute legend as i would have said no doubt in the intro ian and i have known each other for a very 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 uh very long time um i think you and i used to hang around with noah didn't we in back in the day so Uh, yeah yeah, it was. It's know, been a while. There was arcs and there was animals, and <laughs> I think it's what twenty-five years. I think, nonetheless, which yeah, is, it's been a long uh, old time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been a long old time. So yeah, I, 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 what I should have done when we started the podcast is just gone around to everybody that I knew in the industry and said, "Listen, come be on the podcast." It would, in hindsight, it would have been a lot easier. <laughs> 
than than the route that I did take when we launched the podcast. What was I thinking? Um, so yeah, no, it's great that you're here. And obviously, I, I've been a follower of yours, um, and I've I've seen you know your journey in the tech space, the digital space. I've seen Mando's journey in that. I don't know some of the stories and I know some of the clients that you've worked with and, and, and I know you guys are very clever people. Um, how did you how did you get started in the whole tech digital thing? Was it by design or was it by accident? Um, it was by design in the sense of I was doing a computer studies degree uh, in Liverpool. Um, it was by accident in the sense that during the course of my degree, we was coming up to our sandwich year and I was offered a job by IBM uh, and I turned it down uh, based on a gut feeling that it wasn't right, which is quite difficult to explain mm. to your, your, your teaching staff of university, but a kid in the 90s has turned down IBM on the basis of a gut feel when there's got 130 people to place so I wasn't I wasn't in yeah, you know, yeah. the good books if you like um, mm. I had a couple of friends uh, we were in a, a band actually uh, there was there was five of us and two of them what the manager and, and a drummer um, Matt was 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 buying modems for, for 20 quid selling them installed for 60 and he was making 20 quid and Jeff who was a drummer was was doing the install and they were like there's something i mean bear in mind this is 1996 and 97 getting on yeah, yeah, yeah. was like this mind-blowing thing and and so they were mm -hmm. getting people online with a one-page website and an email address um i thought it could be something in this but they were about to go into their last year of uni um and couldn't perceive finishing their degree off and doing the business as well and, and they mm -hmm. said well look You've, you've messed your life up. <laughs> why, why, why don't you run the office? Matt will run the business. Jeff will do the work and we'll have a go. And I was like, all right, yeah, that, yeah let's, let's do that. And, and it felt exciting. And, um, uh, and so, you know, we wrote a business plan on a weekend. Um, my particular version of that business plan was, was Finchie needs to last 48 weeks because <laughs> that will be my placement year. But, it was good enough to get a small grant. We got eight hundred pounds um, from a graduate trainee resource centre. Uh, between a loan from one of our mums and a couple of student loans, we were we were, we were good to go. I think we had about three thousand eight hundred pounds. Yeah. I think, to be precise. Uh, my uni uh, let me do it's my placement year, which was actually quite yeah quite far thinking of them actually. Um, mm. yeah, it was back then. Yeah, and um, so we opened for trading. And just started in this little office with a computer, a floppy disk, uh, no yeah, network, yeah. floppy disk. You know, we, we, we copied the files on and passed it and the other one went into that computer. And we're doing sales <laughs> calls by going for yellow pages, starting in AAA accounting, doing a website, you know, and work yeah, our way through. Yeah, but yeah. we couldn't get on the internet and make a phone call at the same time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> It's mad, isn't it? <laughs> and, you know, our yeah, yeah. associate portfolio for the first nine months fitted on one floppy disk, which is about yeah. the same size storage-wise now as a badly optimized homepage, <laughs> which is just, yeah, yeah. crazy. It's just crazy, isn't it? And I, I was trying, I was having a conversation with my uh, now 20-some-year-old son uh, who is doing theoretical physics at uni because, you know, why would you not, <laughs> right? Do it, do it properly, yeah. And... Um, and I was talking to him about this, you know, how modems, uh, when we were all excited back in the sort of late 90s when we could, got the, you know, it went from a 36K modem to a 50. Do you remember the 56K? And we were so excited. But we're always like kind of, you know, we're online, but get off quick because there's a phone oh, bill coming. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it was pre-Google when we set up. So, mm. you know, you, you, you're submitting your website you want registered in the search engine to Yahoo uh, and some guy mm. emails you back direct because Yahoo were receiving them manually and deciding where they should place them. It, oh, it's just, it's unbelievable to think where it started now. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. But it was exciting times, wasn't it? I mean, it's super exciting times. And um, I mean, it, it, this is in the late nineties, isn't it? And, and sort of fast forward, 25 years as they say and here we are <laughs> oh, yeah. 
at Web 3.0, and you don't even you don't even have to use dial-up anymore. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> And a few other things, maybe, but you know, that's the main thing. Yeah, sure. or floppy disks that go. What was the, the capacity of a floppy disk? Was it about a meg, one meg, or something like? Precise. I think that was an exam question. You, goodness sake. <laughs> that's what you needed to know to get your computer science degree uh, back in the day. So, I mean, uh, you know, here we are, twenty-five years later. You, you, you're still. I mean, that company was called Webshed that you started. Um, that little office on London Road. It was, it was yeah, London wow. Road, right? Yeah, good it. memory. Yeah. Fast forward 25 years, Webshed became um, Mando, I don't even know when. It was a while ago. Two, you, you rena- 2002, I think. Yep. Yeah. So you renamed to Mando. Um, obviously, you, you're not in a little office on London Road anymore. You've got very plush, uh, very expensive uh, offices now. Um but you're still fundamentally doing digital, aren't you? You're still um, the, the business plan. I, I'm curious to know what that. I would love to read that business plan from then to what it is now. Um, you know, yeah, I was going to say I can't imagine that that, that it, would, it would. It's just like yeah, we'll sell websites. That's what we'll do. Um, do you know what? It's it's funny so, to say that because in that business plan there was a SWOT analysis. Strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. And this morning, I was interviewed by <coughs> our ISO auditors, where I referenced our SWOT analysis. But business is business, and, and doing business online, um, mm. the extent of what you can do online uh, and the breadth of it. Uh, but it's still it's still a channel shift even now, uh, and and you're still mm. trying to make it ever more easy to use, user friendly, satisfying as an experience, giving people time back. That would, and so those fundamentals of what you're trying to give users back and what that achieves for the organisations that you're working for hasn't changed that mm. much. No, no. There's it's, in fact, I have this conversation on a fairly regular basis. There are some things which changed almost daily, it seems, you know, and there are some of the things that you do, some of the tactics which change, but the principles which drive those things are almost timeless. Absolutely. Do you know what I mean? Like good customer experience. Well, you, you know, Woolworths figured this out, you know, Selfridges, if you watch the TV show Selfridges, he figured that out years ago when he started the Selfridges store, right? It's all about the customer experience. And so, you know, the principles are timeless and, but it's just how we outwork them in the, in the modern world. And now the title of this podcast, uh, which we came up with when we were chatting about it is, is technology isn't the issue you are, <laughs> yes. right? Yes, it is. And um, why, how did, how did you come up with that? Or why, why was that, why is that a thing to you? And does it tie into some of these timeless principles is what I'm wondering. So let's just dive straight into that. What do you mean technology isn't the issue you are? So we've discussed already but in the 90s you had to turn your phone off to connect to the internet or you had to send your, your new website to yahoo to be judged by them and then put in so you know there was a there was a fair few obstacles to come over um you shoot forward to the to the present day and i would say probably the last five years i'm not much more than that but we're at a point where technology has evolved so fast whether it's processing power and chips or, or, or you know, cloud computing, uh, the rise of social or, or, or blockchain or all the things that have happened where we as people aren't waiting for, in, in most cases, you know, majority of cases, not all, we're not waiting now for technology. If only I could do this, if someone would just invent, you know, the wheel or the latest creator supercomputer um we're at a point in history i think is unprecedented where technologies evolve so fast that computers can code the human genome that that we can map the whole of the earth and zoom in um technology is not the issue it we, we when you know back in the day people go can you make my search like google like well <laughs> Give me a billion pounds and, you know, several years I'll try. But whereas now <laughs> yeah, you just yeah, collect yeah. to an artificial intelligence 
connects. Uh, mm. uh, Microsoft is your service. It gives you intelligent search on your website. You can connect to services. And so you can pretty much, within reason, do anything you want from a, a digital experience perspective. Um, and at a fraction of the price that you used to do it. Or in fact, people just use, wouldn't spend that money, but just do without. Whereas now it's actually intangible mm. reach. And so it's a question of budgets within the year, or is it a program on, and a mm. question of value that you can derive. Um, but now the technology is just so advanced and you can do so much. If you literally just switched it all on, I went, I want one of those, one of those, one of those, and I just want to redo my entire supply chain. I want to digitize my business. Um, uh, uh, and, and automate everything, you could, with the right people in the right time, do it. Um, but it would be so overwhelming to your organization that we almost have to meter and pace what we do relative yeah. to the resources available, obviously, but maybe not so obviously, the level of change by which a human can actually cope with at any point in time. Uh, and so... Some op- some organizations are better than others, obviously it is. Um, you know, but but if Facebook are doing several releases per day, Microsoft is your, I think the last count I had, which is a couple of years old now, is like 450 releases a year for that platform. Mm. I mean, that's the size and scale that would blow the majority of companies' minds, certainly ones that are not tech businesses to start off with. Mm. And so... If that's a pace of change that continually optimizes the customer experience, um, then we know that as a direction of travel, most organizations are never going to get there, but that's the road we walk, and we walk at a pace that suits mm. our organization. Um, and so that, that's what I mean by that, that you can have whatever you want, um, but do you really want what you think you want yeah because <laughs> are, are you ready yeah. for it Do you, you yeah. know you, you can't even handle this i forget what film that's on you'll have to tell me but uh <laughs> oh you can't handle the truth yeah. you can't handle yeah, the you truth know, and um and i think you have an enlightened organization that knows what pace they can adopt change at uh, and you can talk about a partnership but you can set a velocity and you can work in an agile manner um you know, and prioritize and, and walk that journey together. That's a really interesting. Question. So do you think um, then that actually if you, I mean, I, I remember that, I don't know if you remember this, my very first website you guys wrote, Webshed, <laughs> uh, wrote it. Um, and I, I'm just thinking sort of through the year, when, when I had my website, it was like, no, no, this is what you can have. <laughs> It'll do this. Uh, and okay. Um, Sorry. Whereas now, like you say, <laughs> <Yeah>. this. <laughs> we, we made that one now. <laughs> yeah. It worked well. And the spinning logo and everything. Um, do you think there's almost now too much choice? So if I was, for example, starting again today, compared to where it was, you know, in the late 90s, where you had very limited choice, now the choice almost seems overwhelming doesn't it do you think there's there's do you think then it, and it, i guess it doesn't matter where you are whether you're enterprise clients or whether you're just starting out on the on the road there's too much choice yes. right um i i say this to the guys that uh, work particularly in um sometimes in sales environments or new starters meetings like mm. we've got very highly trained professionals that have learned the full breadth and and they they're willing to deliver on requirements um and i often say a lot of people in fact the majority of people they want a ham sandwich <laughs> and they want to go to the shelf and pull off a ham sandwich and actually if you go well what type mm. of bread do you want and what and do, do you want butter or olive oil do you want black pepper or uh, or normal pepper what what kind of cheese do you want and, and then you end up with 20 minutes where the clients go i want this type of lettuce and i want this kind of dressing and uh, and i it's exhausting. Now, you know, mm. I love a good Phil Potts bespoke sandwich. I do. <laughs> but it's like maybe every few... Every Other brands few are available. Yeah, I yeah. go to a delicatessen and order a bespoke sandwich. Most of the time, I just want a ham and cheese. Uh, and, uh, and I think yeah. most clients want you to have done the thinking for them. You know, and, to, and, and so that's why I think 
certainly what we do, sectorial knowledge, a certain range of technologies and a particular offering is is quite important. And, and you see definite trends where the jack-of-all-trades agency it just isn't around as much or or the only way you get that is is the 125,000 staff global scale. Um, so I think that works on the agency side and the client side. There's definitely, there is this anxiety about what if I commit to the wrong technology? Um, mm. You know, I, uh, I want... I want to go to Magento. Oh, I should have done Spotify, uh, Shopify, not Spotify, um, or, or whatever the technology <laughs> might be. Um, and I mm. think the industry is trying to address that. Uh, and so mm. there, there is a move. Um, the acronym is, is MAC. Um, so microservices, APIs, composable and headless is what the, the techie terms are. But basically if I was to try and summarize it here, it's a much more atomized approach to development. So you can you can put together a discrete piece of functionality to serve a purpose, knowing that it will interop and, and be compatible with another discrete piece of functionality. Whereas for a long time, there's been this thing called a monolith where I have to buy an entire system. Uh, uh, and yeah. I'll take it a rough and smooth, you know, SAP would be the classic, you know, I've just bought it for 7 yeah, million. Yeah, yeah. Now I need to spend 7 million on it. It's going to take me five years and I hope it works. Um, you know, sorry, SAP, that's probably old school example, but um, <laughs> don't, don't see me. It's just, just an observation. <laughs> but, yeah. uh, and so I think the industry is realizing that, but even then, when you actually look, even at that Mac, um, uh, uh, acronym and all the technologies that could be comprised of that there's still an anxiety that kicks in um, mm. front end technologies alone um, we use a, a, a language we're primarily called Vue.js loads of the industry use React uh, and we have reasons we do that people use React for a reason um, but you get almost kind of like this clan <laughs> uh, tribal devotion to things and mm. oh do we really want to learn that new technology because it just be for that client well we've got a whole system as a three-year plan i'm sure we could do it and, and we have these kind of debates internally the clients then well what if you want to bring it in house what kind of what's going to be easier to hire and so it just goes on and on and on in every direction and so a lot of what we end up doing and much like yourself is is going Here's through consultancy, you go, here's some shortcuts we know work. And here's an area where there is genuinely an important stake in the ground where we do need to sit down and really discuss this and do the legwork and do research to work out what's next. But that's that shouldn't have to be every day if you work on the right people. Yeah. That's really interesting. That's really interesting. We are going to get into this a whole lot more. So don't go anywhere as we just take a few seconds to hear from this week's show sponsors. Did you know that nutrition is one of the keys to maintaining the energy you need to drive your business forward? Vegetology creates incredible, unique supplements in an eco-friendly, ethical and sustainable way that feed your body with the precise nutrients it needs. We're not just making you healthier, we're helping to protect our planet too. Our products are vegan friendly and approved by the Vegan and Vegetarian Society. Plus, they're gluten-free so they fit perfectly into any lifestyle. They also contain no artificial colors or flavors, making them good for your taste buds too. You can feel good about your food choices with our healthy, natural supplements. We have something for everyone, whether you want to boost your immune system or just get more energy every day. And we're always working on new ingredients so that we can provide even better products in the future. So what are you waiting for? Get started now by heading over to vegetology.com. Hey there, are you a business owner? Here at Orion Digital, we know firsthand that running an e-commerce business can be really hard work. As the online space gets more competitive, it is becoming even more challenging to stay ahead of the curve. We totally get it. So we want to help you succeed by offering a wide range of services, from fulfillment, marketing, customer service, and even coaching and consulting, just so that you can do what matters most. 
Save yourself the time and the money and let us handle the day-to-day -day tasks. This way, you can run your business without having to worry about the boring stuff. So what do you say? Are we a good fit for each other? Come check us out at oriondigital.com and let us know what you think. I'm back with the legend, which is Finch, uh, Mr. Ian Finch. Um, before we were talking, uh, uh, Ian, about how there's too much choice uh, in, in a lot of respects for the consumer. And this is true even, I mean, you 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 know went into the whole Mac thing, which was just fascinating. Um, and even if you're just starting out, actually, there's a lot of choice. Which platform do you do you start with, right? And, and I need to get the right one. Which template do I use? And all that sort of stuff and, and, and so on and so forth. What what ways have you found um, work to help narrow that choice? How do you make the right decision? I mean, you do a lot of consulting with clients, in effect, um, a lot of enterprise clients. Um, what are sort of some of the things that you need to think about? So I think the, the first thing I always suggest is, is do not see this as a one-off, whatever it is. If, you, if you're automating something, if you're investing digitally, if you're doing a channel shift online, if you're selling products online, whatever you do today, it will need to evolve. And that has to be okay. So, so plan for the ongoing work as much as the project itself. Um, <clears throat> I think secondly, I think particularly in, in the techie arena, um, there's this real fear of... Um, ripping it up and starting again and and it's understandable but sometimes it's okay so like, like for example it's a couple of months ago someone was talking about oh i've got this idea uh, i want to i want to sell cushions i think it was whatever it was and i was like well there's etsy i need to start there and now i want my own website I'm like, why <laughs> you don't know it's going to work yet. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in fact just set up an instagram yeah. page and you know i know plenty of people that are making a fortune out selling trainers just on Instagram pages, start where you're at. Um, start yeah. with your product and your customer service and, and, and your words. But people get a little bit obsessed about brands and, and the website and, and forget it's, it's still communication. It's still service and it's still the product. And so um, now obviously that's at a really micro end of things. And on the enterprise level, then it's, um, um, you know, most large organizations know this. There isn't a light switch where you can just turn off the old systems and put the new systems on. And so um, priorities would be driven by uh, maybe legacy systems that are running out of support, for example, or um, mm -hmm. where there's a huge license fee about to kick in um, and we want to get rid of that one and put something else in new before we have to pay for another three years or whatever. So there's burning platforms. Uh, then mm. there's the... The aspects of well, uh, certainly regulated industries. Then what what the regulator is saying? So within the, the water sector, um, in terms of your customer experience, the, the brand empathy and the brand awareness and the brand ended up having a scorecard of what your brand stands for, what one particular cycle, um, and and so there's a load of head scratching about that. Go okay, right. Well, what does that mean for social and uh, and actually, if someone contacts us on a social channel, that probably ends up needing to be in our service level agreement of how quickly we respond to the customer. Or do we even want to do social? How do we handle that? And, and so you've then got the external facts like regulations and so on. Um, so we, we need to kind of categorize these kind of big areas. Um, and so, and I'm sure you, you recognize so your customers as well, that, you know, what are the big rocks? What are pebbles? What are sand? And let, let's get the big stuff there and then start chunking it down into more mm. manageable chunks. And that mm. which we don't need to worry about now will move back. And so it, it, in simple terms, uh, I always kind of draw up a matrix really and be like, you know, what needs to, are you looking at me this way? Is this left for you? Is that right for you? Or is it the other way around? <laughs> anyway, doesn't matter. I have no okay. idea which way it so turns out. Yeah, yeah. Future. Uh, and then like a parking yeah. lot. And, and then down this axis like what is it we want to achieve by way of a goal what are the things that need to happen to achieve that goal what are the dependencies for those things to happen time resource budget other tech 
uh, and what what's our training comms and bringing everyone al- along with us going to be and so and the things you want to do end up being well we can do this goal now if we have these dependencies in place and we communicate this way but oh actually there's a showstopper here so we can't possibly achieve that goal until more time in the future and so very quickly you can get a rough swim lane diagram of priorities and then get everyone coalesced around that and by everyone i typically mean marketing it as the two people that most need to play well with each other <laughs> and 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 then you know get get the c-suite on board and the sponsors and, and and get the governance in place um because if there's someone that's not on board who has a senior role of an organization i would say either an actual senior role or the hidden power org chart that no one publishes but happens you know the political org chart mm. we need to get the key people in place and understand i want yeah. marketing understand that they can't have widget x because it need to put a crm system in place first then they unclench a little bit no one's saying no not not for a a, a, a reason because they, they hate marketing and they're resistant you know it's like, well, it's just, i've got this to do is that okay you know and um i mean I, i'm I, i'm stereotyping for the sake of articulating the point but the mm. getting everyone around that high level plan and then you can t-shirt size it then in terms of the people involved and the money involved and then that gives you another dimension of going well in light of that what what can we do now that gets us to the future? And, and what does that journey look like? And you start planning it out. That's great. That's great. I like that uh, phrase you used, they unclench a little. Um, <laughs> and the thing is, I know exactly what you're talking about. I've, yeah, I've been in like, those meetings. I've had those conversations. And the shoulders drop down and uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's just really funny, isn't it? Really funny. One of the um, one of the things that you mentioned earlier that I just want to sort of circle back to, if I can, um, uh, because I I, I, I realise actually um, it's a it's a term you use. It's this term called agile. Now um, I appreciate that a lot of people know what agile is, but I also appreciate a lot of people don't. And it's one of these words which is thrown around the yes. web industry. <laughs> And if I start weeping it, while we talk about uh, this, is that okay? Yeah. <laughs> it's a safe space, right? Okay, We're you okay. cry away. <laughs> this is this is therapy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is a safe space. Um, uh, so, for those that may not understand what agile is, um, uh, is it possible to give us a quick yeah, overview? Well, bear in mind that whatever I say will end up with ninety percent of dissent <laughs> in your audience immediately. But, um, <laughs> There's basically, uh, there's a website called the agilemanifesto.org. Uh, uh, and at its heart, it's about delivering working software with every release. And so it, it, in my way of looking at the world, it's um, in, in old, well, still actually, no, it's not even old. It's just horses for courses. But it, it, in what we call a waterfall model, which some people that have been around long might call Prince or Prince 2, it, you kind of you spec it to hell, so it's within, within an inch of its life aspect in there, and then you build the yeah. thing for however long it takes, and then you, you you test it, and then you launch it. And in larger scale projects, three or four years might have elapsed. And by the time the thing's gone live, technology's obsolete. There wasn't even the business need anymore. <laughs> yeah, uh, and you know, please see any one of a number of government projects through the early noughties and so on. Um, for horror stories around that whereas the idea of agile is that you, you, you prioritize the most important things right now and in whatever length of time you determine you go one week two weeks one month from now we will deliver working software and that working software is against a prioritized list of things that need to happen and then a team swarm around it with total concentration <clears throat> regularly checking in with each other uh, and it, it flips everything on its head so call it every two weeks every two weeks some stuff that works go live that everyone's happy with and then two weeks after that mm. uh, and the important bit is the two-week cycle 
not so much what you release. Whereas in the old way, it was all about that. I haven't got that extra bullet point on page 492 of a spec and that's mm. a problem. Um, and it, and it, it gets things to market quicker. You can test, you can release, you can iterate and the whole, uh, hence agile by name, agile by nature. And so it, it's, it's mm. more about ceremonies and communication uh, and, and people coming together and going, right, we're going to, we're going to tackle this rather than paperwork and specs. And, and there's a massive place of paperwork, don't get me wrong, but, um, but the emphasis has shifted to getting stuff done rather than the, the paper, paper trail. For us, we, we actually prefer the, the word agility because um, <clears throat> agile is so as, uh, associated with a particular methodology, which even then has, is it Kanban? <laughs> Yeah, or is it some other derivative um, of Agile? Um, the Scrum, for example. Um, yeah. Whereas Agility, it, it kind of is a little bit of a broader brush. And so we, we've done plenty of organizations where or work where you get a tender or a request for proposal and you put a bid together. It's like, we want to be Agile. Um, you're like, and then you realize it is entirely an aspiration of the product owner who's, who's done an agile course, like, this is brilliant. I want to do this. And, and, you know, there's 400 other people mm. in the organization. Like, no, 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 <laughs> <laughs> not even. <a> <laughs> they're, yeah, clenching. they're clenching. They're clenching. clenching. <laughs> um, great butt workout. Not so great for like, uh, yeah. letting a meeting happen and throw freely. Um, so, th- so everyone's clenched uh, and they're all a bit stressed and, but they're interested about agile and all oh, that looks into oh that sounds great you're not drowning the paper i could just get stuff done that's amazing um mm. uh, and then then it starts to change your negotiations well well we kind of want you know wagile I've, I've read this blog and it combines waterfall with agile and so we want wagile we're like mm. okay <laughs> or agifall is enough for one and we eventually just go okay oh, let's okay. call it fragile because it is because there's, there's nothing that's going to work here you know and then we ended up compromising ourselves and doing well it's called let's do phased waterfall <laughs> or, or whatever it might yeah. be and, and what happens is because there's a high degree of trust required for agile because in, in waterfall i have specced a car and I want, a, I expect a car with four wheels and a windscreen and a windscreen wiper. And, and I want a car at the end of it because that's what I expect and that's what the budget's for. In Agile, you, you want to get from A to B faster than you can on your feet. Uh, and you think yeah. that some kind of mechanism with four wheels and a gearbox would, would do that. Um, but you don't know. You're just going to start. And it could be you end up with a tricycle or a skateboard or a plane. Yeah. And that's okay mm-hmm. because... What you wanted to do, you're getting to made to be faster. <laughs> um, mm. But you put that in front of a legal team or a procurement department, uh, like <laughs> these contracts yeah. have been around for 30, 40 years and very little updates. And, and, and that's just one example of how you need to get a whole organization coming around the same principle. Yeah. Yeah. And is that why, when I mentioned Agile, you said you might start crying. Is that why? Um, you, you might stop crying. It's not there's a problem with agile per se. It's just actually the biggest problem is the is the is the end user, is a customer, yeah. is the is the guy yeah, financing not, the whole it's thing. It's you. <laughs> it's not agile. It's you. Uh, and and obviously we, we did that as a bit of clickbait for the uh, podcast, didn't we? But the uh, but it, you know no one individual is ever a problem. Someone that, that can see the future, can have a career path put in front of them and a training course, and still just refuses and sticks their heels in, probably is them. But for the most part, it's people mm. with day jobs or other thing, you know, going on. And even now, digital can still be the second job for a lot of people, as a you know, rather than a dedicated role, or certainly working with with partners. And so um, there's there's a lot to put around into i mean i'm reading a book at the minute called agile conversations but but mm. starts with you've you've read enough about agile you don't need to talk about that but here's what a real conversation where you get truth out and everyone look at it in a 360 view and don't hide stuff can change life you're like mm. i can think of loads of organizations that is a benefit it's not just a scrum team but it, you know churches organizations government mm teaching marriages <laughs> everyone should read this mm. book it's like how to have a truthful conversation in a short amount of time you know and but 
the point is yeah. you need a high degree of trust with your team um, to achieve that. You know, I'm about wanting to get into Simon Sinek world. Um, you know, but there's loads more that goes on to make Agile successful than than simply getting a Kanban board up on a wall and then having a go. Yeah, no, thank you for that. I, it's, it's like I say, for me, Agile is one of those things. I, I'm It's thrown around Scrum, Kanban, Waterfall, and you're like, what? No. It's like people just invent words just Make because they can. Day, uh, we'll it together. <laughs> there you go. There's Agile. Yeah, pretty much it. <laughs> <laughs> Podcast over right there. Which actually your um, point earlier about business plans. Yeah, the first, our first business plan is like 40 pages, and now it's a list whether is it done or not on, on our intranet just like get rid of all the stuff you're doing to put yeah. a piece of homework in front of your boss or your school to pass an exam and just get on with what and most most of life comes down to lists <laughs> and ticking things off yeah it does and yeah, prioritizing it doesn't it and, and thinking outside the box not being rigid about things and just going, actually, if I do it this way, maybe actually this is a better way, which I'm coming back down to that whole agility thing. And I, I'm, I'm going back to the title of the part. I mean, you mentioned it, you know, the technology isn't the issue you are. And so we've talked about how there's a lot of choice. With I mean, technology is there. It pretty much technology can do what we need. So we now need to figure out how we respond to that accordingly. And we, you know, we've talked a little bit about your, your nice matrix and we've talked about, you know, maybe agile is a way to go if you're in some, in some respects and just start and see where it goes. I'm always, I was always one, I was always the guy which said it's easy to turn a car 100%. when it's moving. Uh, and it's just that for me is agile, right? Just get the yeah. car moving and turn Absolutely. it as you go. Yep. Uh, and, and I think, what else can we do if we're the issue technology isn't what else can we do to help ourselves do you think so i think having um an attitude or of a growth mindset of learning you know i mm. i can't bear the idea for myself and i think it's really sad when i, I see it enacted in the workplace or whether people were you know, whatever. I'm 35. I've learned all I'm ever going to know about everything. And that's it for me now. <laughs> you know, I've plateaued. This yeah. is it. Done deal. You know, and, but, and of course, no one's going to admit to that. But you see heels digging in everywhere, you know, and we've, we've always done it like this. And why change? And um, people typically, humans, typically fear change uh, uh, so when you meet someone who just sees change as part of the creative process and it's just just like let's keep going this is amazing they, they stand out and you want to be around them and it's exciting but also a bit dangerous uh, and so i yeah. think we i think there's a there's a getting used to being comfortable with change um and then it's it's a commitment to making other people feel safe as well. Um, and so I always say this to whenever we're, we're pitching for new business that yeah, the client has a brief and they, therefore they have an aspiration of what they want in the future. Um, and so, yeah, here's how you achieve that if it's the right thing. So actually maybe challenge it as well. Um, but, but two, um, as well as how you're going to get there and how much it's going to cost and the rest of it and it's going to be a pleasant experience as well. It's going to be fine while it's doing this, but you're not going to get sacked. <laughs> you're not going to have to work those morales. It's not going to go wrong. Here's why it's not going to go wrong. And so much of those early uh, investment in a relationship is, is to make sure things aren't going to go wrong we, and we make people feel safe first. So internally, we, we run what, what's called a, a pre-mortem. So, so here's how everything's going to go wrong. Let, let's do a pre-mortem and, and just plan those risks. In any delivery, you want more risks than issues because a risk you can predict, identify, and mitigate, and issues already happening. So, so I think yeah. it, we as humans can, and I've done some training on this at Mando actually, is, is what if, it sounds really dry, doesn't it? But it's, it's life-giving, I promise. But what if you had a risks and issues document for your life? What, what if you lived your life like a rain mm. log? where you, you just mm. go, 
well, that might hurt in six months, so let's let's do that now. And that can be attitudinal. Mm. It can be in terms of your own experiences. Um, uh, and so be aware of what's coming and, and be, embrace it and, and, and get excited about learning something new rather than feeling threatened. But then knowing that people are going to feel threatened, work really hard to make everyone else feel safe too. And so mm. if, you, if you've got a growth mindset and, you, and you're making it safe for other people, to experiment and fail in their growth mindset, then you can go on a journey as a team and it has to be okay to fail. I don't think it's okay to fail three times. Two's borderline for me. <laughs> but, you know, but failing once is fine. Twice it's like, have oh, we got this now? Third time, are you even yeah. looking? <laughs> you know? So you're, talk you're talking about failing at yeah. the same thing. Yeah, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Yeah, and that's an important, really important point to make. I think you can you can carry on failing in 360 degrees, providing it's something new every time. You know that's how you learn. Yeah. yeah but yeah. doing exactly the same thing, either by literally doing or just having an attitude or whatever it might be, and expecting mm. life to be different, that is insanity. Um, you, you know. It is. Was it Einstein that sure. said that? Insanity is doing I'm the same sure thing over and over again, but expecting different results. <laughs> <laughs> pretty sure it was me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure it wasn't you. Um, but no, it's true, isn't it? And I find I, I like that, you know, have that sort of growth mindset and change mindset because, um, and again, you touched on this earlier on, that the industry that we're in, and if you're in the e-commerce business, you're in the digital business, right? Digital changes in, in leaps and bounds. For me, I always, ever since the early noughties when we started out in e-commerce, we just had this policy which says every two years I'm going to have to redo accept my website. Accept it, grieve every it now years. if you need to, but accept it and put it in the plan and then you can move on. Yeah, yeah. and, then, and yeah. then you can cope with it. Exactly. You can breathe again. And, and it's just like, okay, this is going to last two years. Awesome. So I know I now need to, in 12 months' time, I now need to start thinking about the next project. And, and you just, you are perpetually redoing your website as you go through as an e-commerce entrepreneur. So just you've got to get used to that factor. And every time you redo it, there are new things you need to learn. There are new uh, avenues. There's a, you know, and you need to understand your customer experience more and more as you go down that journey to deliver a better and better customer experience with the technology that's now available. And I think, I think it's, it's a really, it's a really interesting mindset to have alongside the mindset, which says it's okay to fail um, have you read the book Black Box I Thinking? No. It's a really interesting book by I think the guy that wrote it, Matthew Sayadot. I think I, I may have done him a, a misjustice. He wrote a book called Black Box Thinking, which is it contrasts the healthcare industry in the States and the airline okay. industry and how they both approach failure in very different ways. So in the healthcare industry, you cannot fail. And if you do fail, you cover it up. Why? Because you're going to, there's litigation involved, right? In the hair, in the hairline, in the, <laughs> in the airline industry. <laughs> in the airline industry, they approach failure in a very different way, um, which says, Right. What can we learn from this so That's we don't make mindset. the same mistake again? It's a growth mindset. Yeah. It's a growth mindset. And so now the airline industry, um, you know, airline aviation, one of the safest ways Absolutely. to travel in the world. Yeah. Right. Because of the way that they and he so in his book, he contrasts the the, the I mean, I've in effect, spoiled, I but I haven't. Now. It's I a really interesting book full of great insights. That's a blink. The Matt version. <laughs> <Yeah>. Love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just subscribe. <laughs> Love it. Do a book every week. Um, but it, I thought it was a fascinating Definitely. insight into this whole concept of just being okay to fail and being okay with failure, but learning from that failure and not just repeating the same 100%. mistake over and over and again. I think as, um, you know, as oh, I always, I still feel really awkward calling myself an entrepreneur. Isn't that weird? 25 years in, it's still like, <laughs> yeah, I you do. need to get over I, that. I, but. I, I'm... It's strange. But, um, anyway, as entrepreneurs, you, you, um, you just fail all the time, you know. I I I, I, I packed cages and and cut chips in a chippy. Then I set up an internet business and learned how to make a website on my first website. Uh, and and you know, twenty five years later, I've I've got quite a lot of competence and skill I've developed over the years. But 
it's all new. So over Christmas, I was going, right, I really, mm. really, really do have to get my head around blockchain and NFTs right now because this is weirding me out. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> it's weirding a lot um, of people out. Yeah, and, yeah. And so, and so that need to learn. Um, but, but it's a given. And what, what I forget is that when you lead an organization and what you do doesn't work, and sometimes people lose their jobs because you hit a downturn or you go, public sector is a really good idea. Tories get in. Oh, <laughs> you know, or, uh, yeah, didn't exactly, see that one know, coming. Yeah, yeah. Moments, um, uh, you fail on a really grand scale mm. uh, and, and there's no, there's no getting around it, you know, uh, and, mm. um, and over time, you get used to it. Uh, and, mm. and so when I say to people, it's okay, you fail, you know, it's all right. Let's we'll learn and we'll, move, we'll dust ourselves down and we'll move on. Mm. They don't hear me living 25 years of continual failure and just calling it iteration. Yeah. They go, okay, don't know what that means. Don't know how I feel about it. Are you actually saying it's okay to mm. fail? Because you are the boss and I've only known you, you know, a day, a year, mm. whatever, 10 years. And, mm. and there's a whole load of angst that I can't possibly know because they've been in an organization. An organi they might have been in your pharmaceutical example. Um, I mean, like, hell no, I'm not admitting anything, you know, and someone else or a legal firm would be a classic. Um, or uh, someone else has come from the airline industry and go, yeah, okay, you can do that. It's fine. It's, it's only people dying in plane crashes after all, <laughs> you know, and they, they're used to it because the failures are massive and, and, and they have to get it on the open. And that cultural backdrop of what someone comes into, you have no idea what they've lived. And so you have to spell that out. And, and so we did some training around being comfortable with failure. And mm. the response was overwhelming of just what it meant for people to for us to commit to training how to deal with failure for for us to call out examples of these cataclysmic things wow. that we've done or it's okay to mm. experiment as well as successes um mm. and yeah i think it's so important to just continually reassure people uh, and just make yeah. it okay um and that kind of yeah. you know be accountable and so we don't fail at the same thing, <laughs> you know, too many times. Like I said, I'm in two minds about two, but three I've got a problem with. One's totally fine. Um, yeah. But that, you can't underestimate the importance of reiterating that to everyone. And I think as entrepreneurs or, or, or business owners, e-commerce uh, um, people, we you will get a product that doesn't work. A product line is, and you will spend money on it. You will lose money. And, and sometimes... Your, 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 your dispatch won't work or someone will let you down or whatever it is. But I think for me, amongst many, many great successes that Amazon had, my experience of Amazon was, yeah, we'll sort that, don't you worry about it. And it came the next day yeah. <laughs> or, or whatever it might be. Yeah. And that, mm. yeah, that ownership, you know, people are okay with mistakes if you own them. You know, they're not okay if you don't own it. One of my favorite quotes I ever had from him, my, possibly my favorite customer ever, actually, um, on, on day one of a new contract, he just went, Ian, I just need to, I've got some really simple rules, really, and the main one is this. Um, I love bad news early. I can't say I love bad news, but I love bad news early. If there's going to be bad news, give it to me early. I can't bear to the point of sense, in fact, not even sense of humor, fed, to the point of violence for bad news late. Oh, are we clear? And I went, <laughs> abundantly, <laughs> you, know, to, you know, to the point of violence, I can't bear bad news late. But bad yeah, news I might use that line. With. That sounds you know really good. He was absolutely consistent with that. When I went, look, we, we spotted a risk, it, or worse, we spotted an issue, here's what we're going to do about it. Um, if it's a few weeks out, fine. If if it came out that we knew this earlier and didn't tell him, even if we were trying to solve it, <laughs> that was bad. You know, you did it once. <laughs> and that was a lesson. Yeah, yeah, you know, you never did it again. That level yeah, of yeah. consistency, that level of enlightenment, 
I mean, there's a guy that leans in, you know, might have been in the airline industry. Just tell me how, what the problem is and we'll deal with it. That, that, that kind of person yeah. changes the world. Yeah. That's really fascinating. That's really fascinating. Listen, I feel like That's we could carry on talking about this all day long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I, I've got to be mindful of time. Um, how do people reach you? How do people connect with you if they want to if they want to yeah, do that? But what's LinkedIn. the best way to, to reach LinkedIn's Ian Finch? Best. I'm fairly I'm fairly searchable. It's not loads of Ian Finches around, particularly if you use my middle name, Ian David Finch. I think you'll find that on LinkedIn um, or via our Mando.agency website. Uh, they're probably the best mechanisms. Um, and yeah, more than happy to continue a conversation. We've 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 done a very broad brush of a lot of big principles today, haven't we? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. If anyone wanted to kind yeah. of go into any more detail about specific technologies or running projects, and by all means, get in touch. Yeah, absolutely. And we will, of course, link to Ian's uh, LinkedIn profile and to Mando Agency in the show notes as well. So if you regular and you do get those via email. Um, the, the links will be in there. Uh, but Ian, it's been an absolute treat. Uh, I've, I've really enjoyed it. Thank you so much for being with us. Uh, we'll have to get you on again in a, in a much sooner time frame uh, and carry on these kind of conversations. But um, yeah, well, thanks brilliant. Thanks, but Well, a huge shout out and thanks to my uh, good friend and special guest, Ian Finch. What did you think? Hope you found that helpful. Uh, hope you managed to take lots of notes. But of course, if you didn't and you would like access to notes and you want to go over them again, thinking about some of the stuff that Ian's mentioned, just head on over to the website where you can get all of the notes, the transcripts and all of the links to Ian and connect with him uh, at ecommercepodcast.net forward slash 88. Uh, he'd love to hear from you. So go ahead and do that. Now, if that's not enough, e-commerce digital goodness uh, if that's not enough conversation about technology you'll be pleased to know next week we have another fab episode next week let me tell you what's coming up i'm going to chat with a man from the other side of the world the man from down under uh, mr stuart leo uh, he is going to talk about how to grow your e-commerce business by stealing these seven secrets from the military I'm loving all our new cryptic titles, but stealing seven secrets from the military. Oh, it's a great interview. And to wet your whistle, as I like to say, here is an excerpt from next week's show. And if you're solving a real problem, if you're, you know, if a friend, friend of mine, a, a, an older gentleman, a mentor of mine, he runs a little tool shop, you know, rare tools for woodworkers. Um, oh, give me his name and number. <laughs> okay, see, see, see what just happened there. Why, why were you excited? Because you're like, oh man, I'm, I'm, in, I, it's so hard to get those things. Um, mm -hmm. And and so he's niched. He's found a problem with a distinct audience. And and if you go on, if you're into woodworking and lathes and making stuff, um, then <laughs> clearly I'm not. Um, yeah, you, you're way out of your comfort zone. I, I am, right. You can educate me in a minute. Um, that problem resonates because you can't just go down to Walmart or Sainsbury's yeah. or Tesco's and buy that tool or, or Bunnings here in Australia. You know, you've got to find that. Is this making sense? He's yeah. found a problem um, and he's solved it by going out and, and talking to 10 or 20 wholesalers around the world, finding those products and bringing them to one place so people who love woodworking can go there and get it. I'm looking forward to this, let me tell you. And you should be too. It was a great interview. Uh, I, I really love my conversation with Stuart. Um, so if you've enjoyed this podcast, I would appreciate it if you could rate the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts from. And of course, share it out. Share it with people that you know. Share it out on LinkedIn or wherever you are. Uh, it just enables us to connect with more folks from around the world. And that is another simple formula. The bigger the show gets, the easier it is to get great sponsors. The more great sponsors we can get, the easier it is for us to bring this free content for you. So it's a win-win scenario, as I like to say. As I said at the start, all of the notes, links, and transcript from my conversation with Ian are online, and you can get them for free at ecommercepodcast.net forward slash 88. And whilst you're there, sign up to our newsletter, and we'll email you all of these notes in future automatically. I'm talking of automatically. If you're subscribed, you will get next week's show with uh, Stuart just 
it just appears. It just appears. It's a beautiful thing uh, in your podcast program. Uh, so that's it from me. Thank you so much for being with us. Thanks for listening. Uh, and I'll be back again next week. Bye for now. You've been listening to the e-commerce podcast with Matt Edmondson. Join us next time for more interviews, tips and tools for building your business online.